So welcome back. Stay behind it, guys. And in trying times, I, I hope you're enjoying what you've seen thus far and continue to have some fun with us for the next couple of hours. It's tough out there, I know. But at least the Rugby League, as I said earlier, has survived to give us um, something to enjoy. I'm getting all fired up. I'm all fired up and lonesome. Something to enjoy indeed. Hello, dear Fire Up listeners, and welcome to Crackdown Week 11, where Felix has admitted to pulling the levers and turning the crackdown into a backdown. But the lockdown is in week five, and Gladys has worn a black jacket to announce it ain't going to end soon. And over the weekend, some protesters took to the streets to complain about having to wear masks that help prevent the airborne spread of COVID-19 Delta variant. And among them were not only manly fans wearing manly jerseys showing that those from the Insular Peninsula can cross the spit bridge when their right to not wear a mask during a pandemic is being crushed by the state. That's against when their team plays, but also protesting with some former NRL players. Noted medical and epidemiological experts, one and all. But in a week where it's raining gold, gold, gold on Australia, and I remembered Normie May doing that call. I was there, Chris Gale. I was listening to it. I even had the microphone from my little cassette deck up to the TV and recorded it. But as I was saying, in a week where it's raining gold, Rugby League is having some tremendous wins. On Thursday night, the ARL and the New Zealand Rugby League said they wouldn't be going back to Blighty for this year's World Cup. Ha! But the Canberra Raiders, what an epic victory for the ages, pushing that news to the middle pages that no one reads, saving Rugby League, showing that not only can Volandis Ball exist without blowouts, but it shows that on a bouncy wicket... Flat track bullies crumble! <laughs> but, oh, sorry, what a week this Olympics week has been with the 2032 Olympics being held in Queensland and the greatest Olympic hero revealing himself to be a fan of rugby league, comparing his mentor to Bennett and himself to Bellamy. And will Queensland be entering the 2032 Olympics as their own entity? So you'll have gold medal tally for Australia and separate gold medal tally for Queensland. Like they're trying to claim Ariana Titmus as a Queenslander because she's been there for 10 minutes. She's a Tasmanian Queensland. She's a Taswegian. But they're trying to claim her. It's so Queensland. It's so rugby league. And to compete with all the media attention that the Olympics are getting, Rupert and his pals at Fox Sports have decided to go for gold with some obvious gold Logie contenders going to air in the past few weeks. Chris Gale, what have you made of these magnificent televisual events? Well, Dennis Carnahan, you're referring, of course, of course, to Wild West Tales from Tiger Town. We're one episode in, and unlike Redfern Pat, I'm not on tenderhooks. I know what happens in the second episode, but I'm looking forward to it. And I can tell you this, spoiler alert, it doesn't go well for the Tigers, but it's television at its finest and put the glasses down in terms of the documentary Logie, the sports Logie, the gold Logie, the silver Logie, and the most popular talent Logie. I believe the other show that you're referring to is Ricky. Am I correct? Ricky. Yes, well, Fox Sports have done what you would have to do when you've got content on your books a contractual obligation, and no one really wants to watch it. 
You put it on during the Olympics. So there's no way I would have seen that program. No one's seen that program. No one's interested. And it's just, it's fodder. It's fodder. And Dennis, finally, and I've already stumbled over my words a couple of times, and that's because, yet again, I feel compelled. And I hate correcting you. Not really. I really love it. The correct words. And I was also there walking up to the bus, listening on my little train. Gold to Australia. Gold. Gold to Australia. Gold. Gold Gold for Australia. Australia. No, gold, gold for Australia, gold. Yes, yes. I, I had the recording. I couldn't. I can see if I can find it in my old cassette collection because it was a magnificent moment, and I'm gladly corrected. But, I, but I, I'm going to have to stand again and 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 disagree. By the way, I think it was there. Brooks Tonelli, Kerry, and Evans. But I'm just guessing. Sorry, I think it was Brooks Tonelli, Kerry, and Evans. But I'm just guessing who were the four by one hundred meters medley relay in Moscow, where the only other gold went to the great Michelle Ford. In the 800 metres freestyle. I'm a big Ford booster, by the way. And of course, Tracy Wickham withdrew in controversial circumstances. Early on, when it was uh, rumoured that Australia might be pulling out for political reasons, Tracy said, not going to the Olympics would be like my mother dying. She subsequently withdrew. Fair enough. That's her prerogative. But when Ford won, Wickham said, it doesn't count because I wasn't there. That's a Queensland swimmer for you, writ large. <laughs> That's why Ariane Titmus is Tasmanian. And for once, I'm 100% with you, Dennis. Yeah, well, it was. And the following Olympics is where the great Dean Lucan won the gold medal in the super heavyweight. Um, South Australian tuna fisherman. Oh, the, the Port Lincoln tuna fisherman. Wasn't that a beautiful event? But, there, but I, can I, I mean, we're on Olympics fever here and it does sure. get away. And I know we've got to get back on a rugby league very briefly because and rugby league is coming. Coming to the Olympics. But the 1984 Olympics was, you know, memorable for other reasons. I think John O'Seaban had a win there. But uh, it was the men's 4,000-metre pursuit when we were up against the might of the United States in the gleaming Los Angeles sunshine. And the, Los- and the American guy pulled out of his pedal at the start and we cruised to victory. Oh, how sweet it was. Ooh, yeah. But it was an Australian who did the same thing. Yeah, but not, <laughs> not, not that. You're, not in that you're, jumping, you're jumping ahead several Olympians to yes. Shane Kelly. That's so, the one. Yep, yep, let's, yep, yep. Let's just leave that alone. Yeah, but but now I'm going to go back because you've you've corrected and me on Glintus a point. And Glintus Nunn. Glintus Nunn. You've corrected me on a point of order, and I'm going to correct you on one as well. The suggestion Please. that no one watched O'Ricky. Oh, <laughs> Chris, how wrong could you be? I can tell you the Raiders fan pages were – there were people posting photos of what they'd done to their rooms in preparation and people with, with scented candles and, and, and scented oils and, and lotions around the room and, and piles of towels to clean up any mess that might have happened afterwards because it was – as far as arousal goes – this was as far as this is as high as it gets. It was magnificent. It was, was beautiful. It was moving. It made you laugh. It made you cry. It changed people's lives. Was there a missed opportunity in actually not entitling said documentary "Oh Ricky" and then appropriating the Tony Basil song "Oh Ricky, You're So Fine, You're So Fine, Hey Ricky" or something well, like that? Oh, Ricky? I I did put my hand up to volunteer that uh, to to do that. And they said it might be the wrong tone, and uh, I disagreed strongly. I also did. I will say I, I volunteered to put up the um, the song which was in fire up a few weeks ago. Oh, Madge about Madge going mad um, when the Tigers lost that most Tigers way to lose, where they scored a try in Golden Point extra time, and it was the and the referee blew the try, but only 
to, for it to go back to the previous play with as Rabideau's had in fact scored. What a Tigers way to lose, I believe, was the line. I did offer that up, and they said again, perhaps not the tone as um, Madge fucked and fucking his way through the post-game speech afterwards. And uh, By the way, uh, are, you, yes. are, you taking any, are you taking any message from the fact that the Tigers is a four-parter and Ricky was done and dusted in about 39 minutes? Oh, Ricky's... Story quite, completely told? It, it's quite easy. It's, it's, a, Ricky's, it's a simple tale of a simple country boy who just wanted to play footy and he, like his dad, competitive bugger, you know, it's it's all a simple, beautiful story that you don't need four parts to unpack the layers of drama and betrayal and intrigue and ineptitude that you've got in the Tigers. The Tigers have so, that that onion. They're still unpicking that onion. They haven't even finished it because they know that this season still has so much pain for you, Chris, and they can't just do it all in one go. Whereas Ricky, it's a linear story. He's a little kitty. He plays footy. He gets sick. He plays footy anyway. He plays for a Australia in rugby. He plays for, for Australia in league. He wins premierships with his mates around him. He just wants to sit in the background. That's all he wants sure. to do. He sure. doesn't Ricky's want to... like, I'm going to say Ricky's just like a uh, an old school 2D platformer, Super Mario Brothers, flat, linear progression, no real uh, change off the course. Whereas the Tigers is deep. We're a first person shooter, Dennis, three dimensional. <laughs> we're, we're PlayStation 5. But they have saved a little bit in the animation with the repeating backgrounds because what happens is you can't you, you lose and then Madge cries and Madge cries because he loves the boys and then he calls them men and he's not sure and then he cries and then they they lose and that that kind of repeated story goes over and over. With Ricky, there's a progression and the, the fact of him being so important in Super League, he was the pivot. Him 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 staying with the boys and he said that staying with the boys for Super League. That with the Raiders and, and not going and not betraying the boys and going with Gus and Bozo, that was a pivotal moment. If he hadn't done that, Super League might not have happened. Maybe it might have been a good thing. Well, well, it was a solemn reminder of the treachery of everybody involved in Super League, Dennis. And I don't know if you caught the uh, jocular mood on NRL 360 last night. And why would anyone? Because no one watching at the Olympics is on. But it's 90s retro round coming up for Fox. And so Kenty and Crawls and Rothfield, you know, the super team, we heard how Rothfield actually gave Kenty and Crawls jobs at the News Limited Leviathan, things like that. We're reflecting on their best time in rugby league. And, of course, Paul Kent went to 1994, Dennis, as the apotheosis of the game of rugby league. 20 teams, the game establishing itself on an international footprint. And then along came Super League. And (laughs) let me tell you, Dennis, I don't know who won the premiership in 1994. I can't remember. But... uh, (laughs) When, Pete, when, when there is no greater soundbite that by, than when announcing his decision, which I think it was something like Ricky said, I'm taking my talents to Super League. And he says, I need to do what's best for Ricky Stewart. Oh, yes. That's, that's, that's one of the few areas that I agree with Peter Fitzsimons in the realm of sport. When people start talking about themselves in the third person, you know there's something wrong. But I must admit, I was very moved about the encephalitis episode in 1998. I really mm. wasn't across that and and it was great to see the 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 uh the hard man get emotional and talk about other things like when he threw the intercept in the 1992nd test in the ashes he wanted to dig a hole and it was gary belcher who came up and talked sense to him amazingly seven minutes amazingly with with all that deep balmain experience the blocker roaches the benny eliases the ciros who could have got him back on the course he chose to listen to a raider and it all turned out fine and it was more the moustache 
because that moustache exuded wisdom and and power and strength, and that was what got him through. Um, But with that, it was... I disagree. I think when it comes to Ricky in third person, this is Ricky being a multi-layered, transcendental individual and showing that he can separate from himself and he's he's fully with the the ego, the superego and the id, that his, his ego can sit above and look at the desire the base desires of the id and the madness of the superego and pull them into line and so th- when he's talking he is talking about a completely separate entity he's not talking about himself in the third person he's a, right? he, he's a trinity he is a trinity much like father son and holy spirit there's primal rick there's spiritual rick and then there's rick in between it- I didn't get any of that out of that documentary. What I did get was the vision of Ricky's upper thigh separating from his knee for the Bulldogs and uh, sadly (laughs) drawing a curtain over a storied 13-year career in first-grade rugby league. I've got to say, the part that I cried is when he was released by the Raiders by Kevin fucking Neal. That was (laughs) one of the worst decisions in rugby league history to let him and Brad Clyde go, the elder statesman. And, And the Raiders, they've never looked good until Ricky came back as coach. That decimated the club. All for those years and years and years. Well, there was all sorts of moving reflections of board members who voted against Ricky, which I can understand about him coming back as coach who now said they'd die in a ditch with him. But yep. uh, that said board members I, said... I, we I, didn't... Think that, I think they were suggesting die in the trenches fighting. It wasn't so much die in a ditch because we're destitute, well, which is well, what you're suggesting. Ricky, Ricky certainly said he had a few lows in his life and I immediately think of the ditch. But um, Because you know what they say, if I'm not playing rugby league, I could be digging road ditches. And well, in fact, I, if, if I wasn't doing this podcast, well, um, except not at the moment, uh, ban on construction during COVID. And uh, look, I think w- with uh, uh, Ricky's um, existential crisis that you're referring to about a multidimensional guy, it's really interesting that he actually identified the same issue as said board member and saying, I didn't want you back. I think you're the wrong man for the job. He fessed up and he goes, I am the wrong man for the job until we win a premiership. So I think Ergo oh, is the wrong man for the job. Oh, yeah. Until, <laughs> until they win the premiership. But you would. I, I thought they skated over 2019, Dennis. Why was that? Because um, they didn't do the job. We can get the job done. It's quite simple. There's, there's no. There's, they didn't get anywhere. You know, they, as Steve Waugh said when they lost the Commonwealth game, when they got the Commonwealth game silver, you start counting losers from second. That's what Ricky <laughs> thinks as well. They did nothing. They've got nothing done last year. Was, was Steve Waugh involved in the 1998 Kuala Lumpur one-day cricket tilt in the Commonwealth Games? I believe he was, and I believe he failed. Yeah, he was the captain. They got silver. And, he, and his, his match interview afterwards, they said, so you got the silver medal. I was like, yeah, I'm trying to think where I can hide it because I'm ashamed <laughs> of it. <laughs> going to bury it in the backyard, which I can imagine Ricky doing that. If, if there were, you know, second place, if there were grand final losers rings, I, I reckon Ricky would have buried his from uh, – 91, and he'd bury the coaches one from 19 as well. Uh, it was interesting to see my Roosters fans begrudgingly have to give him some credit. Really? Because uh, they really, really pay out on Stuart. And I go, I don't understand it. He got you to a number of grand finals. You've got to be in it to win it, dot, dot, dot. And you actually won one. And they just seem to begrudge the man so much as Roosters oh. fans begrudge pretty much everybody who they don't feel is one of them. And clearly they never felt that Ricky was one of them. But, of course, they love to skate past Ricky's contribution and bringing those people together and actually getting Brad Fittler focus and um, dwell on what Richard Villasanti, a.k.a. the tea leaf, did to yes. Freddie in that grand final. Yeah, Former yeah, well, West Tiger, I hasten to add. Because it is, it, in fact, Canberra born and raised. 
<clears throat> Richard. Um, but let's skate over that one, as you were saying. Um, but it is interesting because Ricky and and uh, Daly, they both had real close ties with the Roosters. They were often talked about going there. Laurie was was there was allegedly there was a Roosters um, scout went down and saw him at a Riverina footy contest and saw him play as a sixteen year old. And there was him and Brendan Hall, who was at, at um, went to Campbell High and Dick, no went to Lynham High and Dixon College, and uh, they looked at him and he was a robust young man. They said, "Oh, well, let's sign him up as a future five eighth, and let's leave the and I quote skinny Aboriginal AFL player. He was the second best, but they left the skinny Aboriginal AFL player, and the Raiders picked him up, and that was Laurie Daly. But the Roosters were still trying to get him. The Roosters were still trying to get Ricky the whole way through. If Ricky had signed with with ARL, it was going to be with the Roosters. They Isn't really that dest- typical? They weren't really a destination club in those days, were they? I think they were transit lounge. You see, uh, is very much after. So. But you would wonder. I mentioned before that Ricky's a private man, and he just he doesn't want the limelight. So you'd wonder why would Ricky do a tell-all? And he revealed in the pre-tell-all tell-all on three hundred and sixty, he revealed he revealed why. If Rawls, who I trust very, very much, um, if he feels as though it's uh, the right thing to do, I always have taken his advice over many, many years, and um, I'll always, I'll always um, um, run by what he feels is best. So that's Crawls. Which so one? He's got, that's um, Paul Crawley, the not head of Fox. S- not Steve, who actually Sorry. runs Fox. Sorry, League. Steve, Steve Crawley, who runs Fox <laughs> Sports, as I against mean, his brother you... Paul, or, or, his, or his, as against the brother who's a trainer there. So yeah. I- I mean, the, the value of that quote, uh, and of course, again, in retro round, they threw up the picture from the, uh, where, 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 they, where are they, Queenbian or Mittagong or wherever uh, Crawley oh, and Kent the, played. Crawley and Kent, yep. Yeah, applied their trade and they were coached by Steve Crawley. Yeah. And uh, if you hear that quote and you go, Steve Crawley, you kind of understand what Ricky's talking about. If he's referring to Paul Crawley, <laughs> you're completely lost. Like that makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, but he also in that in the pre tell all interview tell all interview, he also gave another thing. And you were talking about the Raiders twenty nineteen. He's talking about the Raiders this year and how they've had you know mid season they had it they had a slump. They, no one likes the word slump, but they had it. They had second half collapses, all sorts of things going on. There was players showing dissent, and and Ricky himself said, "I've changed my coaching. The players have. I, I suspect there was a lamp and a chair, and the players have sat Rick down and Rick." He's not a proud man. He he wants to do what's best for the team, and he did it. And he said that the team had something back. But we've all found a little bit of our um, mudjo again. Mudjo, Chris. They've found their mudjo. Now, I'm, I'm really curious about this because he's obviously not referring to mojo, the the, the no. magical charm type thing with the you know the the West African origins. It's, it's a little bag of. of magical, um, you know, leaves and petals and things that you put on your wrist. And that, that and a very, carries... very fine musical periodical as well that comes out every month out of the UK, Mojo Magazine. Love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if he's talking about the French house musical duo that had the uh, Lady Hear Me Tonight from 1999. <laughs> is, is, that, is he saying that they're listening to that, Lady Hear Me Tonight, and they're on the dance floor and, they, and, that's, and that's getting them back together? Well, I don't think he's referring to Angelique Cujo, to put it that way. But um, Ricky has issues with the English language. I think it's well known that he's almost established in the vernacular in the same way that 
uh, Mario Fennec established the word Falcon internationally. Uh, the use of the word texters for when you've received text <laughs> on your on your phone. And th- there are a couple of moments in the documentary where he talks about the close bond he has with the players, and he says, you know, you you, you share moments with them, and you find out whether issues are arriving at home. <laughs> and he also, in the, as I said, the moving section about his battle with encephalitis, uh, he said, I, I was at risk of being confided to a wheelchair at one stage. <laughs> so so that, I think that's the genius of the man is that, you know, if Ricky was sort of distilled to a, a series of notes and they were handed out to the players, they'd be completely lost because he doesn't, they wouldn't make any sense in English. <laughs> But when he says it, it's a little bit like, you know, those exercises where you see on a computer screen various letters and things. You can still read it. You've got the, in the, initial, the, the, word, the letters are in the wrong order. Yep, it's like that. Yeah, th- that's Ricky. But when, when he says Mudjo, everyone understands what he really means, which is so that you think, duo that you're referring to. You think that is the Mudjo. The Mudjo is that you can understand what he's saying, even though he's saying the wrong words. You just know from his Mudjo what he's saying. That's the, that's the Ricky Stewart magic. Uh, sorry, magic. Uh, <laughs> and... Because he has himself said, with regards to his vocabulary, um, that he's never very good at maths. <laughs> so, so I think that, that probably sums it all up. But he did also reveal another thing. That, and this is something we've been investigating. We've been trying to work out what makes a good rugby league team, what makes a championship rugby league team. Is it, is it being men? Well, no. Is it being boys? Well, it needs more. It needs to be transitioned. Now, Ricky... Ricky was a bit confused between the two. They are a very close group of, uh, of boys and the spot fires were never as bad as uh, what it was in the public um, hoops. We're all, we're all grown men here. and So they're all grown men and they're a tight group of boys. What do you make well, of we, that, Chris? Well, we know it's the transition that we're all looking for, Dennis, that uh, the future of successful rugby league teams are built on good-looking boys transitioning to men. And Ricky's obviously hoping by articulating in the one sentence the transition from boys to men that he's fast-tracking their success. So, again, it's all done according to a plan. And I have to say, as I sit here, Dennis, of course, the moving opening of that documentary was Ricky throwing the intercept and then, of course, a little bit later, the denouement was the beautiful dummy in the run and uh, hooking up with Mal for the the try. And I remember watching it late night in my residence with one David Garnsey, who I know has listened to this show, and I always get a sense of foreboding and terror when I watch that moment because, as we know, Big Mal looms up and shoves an England, a Great Britain defender somewhat out of the way mm. under Volandi's ball. You know what would have happened, Dennis? Penalised. No try. No Ricky documentary. No nothing. Yeah, Actually, got that out of I'm going to take a point of order on that. Oh, you're not going to go was- that was hip and shoulder. He's no, pushed no, no. him. That He's was entirely legal because he was onside. So if Mel was in front of the ball, he can't touch the other player. But Mel was behind the ball. It was in their possession. That player was offside. Mel's allowed to push him out of the way. You are actually allowed to push that player. If you're both going for the ball, and you, so you can't push him out of the way if he's going for the ball. You can't use your hands. But Mel is allowed to. He's allowed to jostle him out of the way. He doesn't actually put hands on the back and push him, but he Whoa. does jostle him out of the way. And you're Whoa. allowed to jostle. You're allowed to jostle. You're allowed Have a look to at the head-on shot. Was it Henderson Gill from memory? I can't remember, but uh, it, was it may a, well have been. It was just a speed bump and a footnote in history. That's all it anyway. was. Who knows who anyway. it was? Anyway, great um, moments. But yeah, look, uh, the, the Raiders, Dennis, are back. Uh, they're transitioning from boys to men. My only concern about the Raiders and their 2021 tilt is they may not be good looking enough. 
Oh, have you seen Sammy Williams? Hi, Sam. Shout out to Sam Williams. I'm wondering whether we might have a love song dedication for Sam Williams one day. I'm very much been thinking about that. Been thinking about you, Sam. Did you notice Sammy Williams' defence? Sammy Williams was putting on hits and the smallest man in rugby league, Tommy Starling. He was belting people. Sure, he was bouncing back three metres, but he was launched. There was the mosquito fleet, the little, the smalls. There was Tommy Starling, Sammy Williams and Josh Hodgson and they were brutalising the bullies and the bullies didn't know what to do. They're trying to swat the mosquitoes away and they couldn't and that Mike Acevo, Bang! Just knocked him down. It was fantastic. But I'm getting away from the plot, aren't I? I was I'm going sorry. to say, for those for those not following, Dennis has completely removed the middle part of our show to now dwell on the Canberra Raiders' victory <laughs> over I the have... Parramatta Zill, which in the I... run sheet is in the second segment. I but you know, knock yourself been... out, Dennis. Why don't we just make it the Canberra hour? Begun. I have not yet begun to talk about that You get game. three wins in a row and you, who do you think you are? Ariane Titmus? God's sake. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm more like the coach. Um but the tragic tales from Tigertown, he also, Madge also has a thing with boys and men. He's not sure if they're boys. He doesn't call them teens, doesn't call them adolescents. He's, he loves being with the boys, but they're all men. What well, I've the watched hell? the first episode. I've watched the first episode forensically, Dennis, as you can imagine. And there is a concern here because Madge famously, in two of the better attended and listened to presses after the Manly, sorry, the South Sydney Tigers game at Leichhardt a few weeks ago where, of course, Bennett was auditioning for a job by calling out toxic cultures, Madge says, I'm looking for men. And yet, Mm. if you watch the first episode of Wild West, all he does is call them boys. So he's really revealing that he's concerned that what he's working with, the cattle, as they like to refer them to, which I always think is a huge insult, huge insult to cattle, um, cows all around the world, to be likened to to be rugby league players. Uh, there is a there is a concern, and this is something that will be explored, no doubt, in future episodes of the documentary, Dennis. But we have to wait, unlike the Ricky Show, until after the Olympics. Of but of course, tales from Tiger Town. Most of the narrative of the first episode continues to focus on the appearance of uh, Tiger CEO Justin Pascoe, mm. and and this has actually uncovered a quite an interesting link that we've observed, Dennis, because Justin got the guns out, the black T-shirt, and he's got the Keith Urban hair. And you'll see in subsequent episodes of Wild West Tales from Tigerstown, Tigertown, is that uh, Justin's got a very, very pleasing tenor. And the <laughs> International Olympic Organising Committee got uh, top of this. And despite the Gail Gatto celebrity superstar online misstep of covering John Lennon's Imagine One in the midst of the global pandemic, the Olympics goes, we don't care, we'll go again. So we'll get representatives from each of the five rings, if I can say that, uh, to perform, surprise again, John Lennon's Imagine. And you had the likes of uh, some wonderful Japanese young uh, uh, children and adults singing their contribution. John Legend, of course, representing the Americas. And who appeared on behalf of all of Oceana? None other than Justin Pascoe. Well, as he should. And what a great honour it was. And so do you think? do you think that in the 2032 Olympics, do you think he'll still be around? Do you think he'll revisit that opening ceremony? And do you think he'll be singing at the opening ceremony of 2032? Well, all the links are starting to come into focus here, Dennis. Obviously, uh, um, very much with the support and love of uh, His Excellency, as Roy and HG referred to him, John Coates. Uh, and uh, uh, Anastasia Palaszczuk went over and got the deal signed on the bottom line for Brisbane 2032. And as you can see by the inclusion of sports such as karate 
in the current tilt. The home country has some say in what Olympic sports can be added to the ever-bulging agenda. Now, there'll be a big push for netball, but the push for rugby league has started in Tokyo. So for some viewers, you might have thought it was somebody else, but that was definitely Justin Pascoe singing, right? So there's (laughs) there's an advertisement for rugby league. Now, there wasn't much to marvel at in what was a sombre, quite rightly so, opening ceremony put on as the game started. But people were very much taken. Well, I was taken by the recreation of the pictograms. I thought that was very clever. But but was the globe that was hovering over the Tokyo Olympic Stadium in the form of drones, right? Now, that's a lot of money. And the Japanese, there hasn't been huge support for the game. So the Japanese government and the organizing committee reached out and said, is anyone prepared to fund this? And Peter Volandis... And the Australian Rugby League Commission goes, here's the deal. We need a rugby league figure in the opening ceremony, hence Pasco singing Imagine, and we will actually lease those drones from you immediately and put them to good use and help defray the cost of the Olympics. And right. we've, already seen, we've already seen the fruits of that born, Dennis, because West Tiger Jimmy the Jet was seen to have breached the gaffer tape in his family-like quarantine up on, on the Goldie. Uh, and was seen out in the fresh air, God forbid, on his balcony. And those images, of course, were captured by a drone in some degree, probably a couple of telephoto lenses as well. And apparently, in order to ensure that the family gaffer tape doors in the bubble, which we'll come to later, are indeed gaffer tape, they are drones that are actually cruising past those resorts with the rugby league players, funded by the Australian Rugby League Commission, leased from the Tokyo Organising Committee. So So this is paving a connection. It's paving yeah. a connection, Dennis. The drones you saw on Friday night are the ones that snapped Jimmy the Jet this week. And it's saying the rugby league is coming to the Olympics. So they've made a connection. They've started a conversation that they're in. So you think that this is this is the way of rugby league getting into the Olympics? Well, there's no greater spokesperson than the horseman himself, Dennis. And can I quote him here? Please. Uh, we're very confident we'll achieve it. That's my view. Uh, we put the world's eyes on our game. Oh! Notice that. <laughs> no matter how you swing it, Queensland is Heartland Rugby League. Oh! Rugby League, I should say. It's proven by the fact we've taken the game to regional areas, how excited they are. So let me tell you, Volandis is speaking the language of our game and he's mm. fallen into the Chairman Smith habit of identifying heartlands of rugby league and he's trying to kowtow to Palaszczuk the Olympic organisers and the Queensland people who are housing the rest of the teams right now by calling that the heartland of the rugby league. Now, of course, you've got to also take into account Newcastle, the Illawarra, Auckland, Melbourne and Roselle. These are also (laughs) rugby league heartlands. But but I... I, I, The Riverina, the Monaro. (laughs) I'm, I'm telling you what, the concept of the horseman reinventing himself and taking over the beady role as he performed for the 2018 Commonwealth Games at the Goldie and being our guy on the ground <laughs> in 2032. Dennis, I'd actually pay to see that. Well, there has been a petition. I'm not sure if I mentioned this last week. There has been a petition that the opening song for the opening ceremony of the 2032 Olympics should be That's in Queensland. And, and I, when did you when did you post that petition? Well, online? I haven't actually found it yet, so I'm not sure how big the petition is. <laughs> I didn't, but I, look, I'm, I'm right on board for it, um, Pete. So if obviously Pete's going to be organising with um, Anastasia, so Anna and Pete, my hand is up. And can, I'm can, ready. You, can you imagine that being performed? Whereas Taekwondo, that's in Queensland. 
how where, lame. Where, where a single skull's rowing this in Queensland. And the song is so old, it'll be out of creative rights protection and you won't earn a cracker. And you know, and you, and you know who's, and you know who's going to perform it. Ironically, it'll be Keith Urban will be up there performing your song to no economic return to you. And it upsets me to think about it, but it will happen. When you say Keith Urban, you mean Lenny Pascoe? <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's let's the let's get this Keith really Urban. let's get this really clear. Justin Pascoe performed last Friday night in Tokyo to pave the way for the real deal to hit the stage <laughs> in twenty thirty two. Which of course actually wouldn't you like to see them do Imagine Again and do a little bit because I look I am a card carrying massive Yoko Ono fan, right? I have the Ono box compilation. I saw her as part of <laughs> the beleaguered vivid hello Stephen Ferris. I am a big Yono booster. I mean, if you look at double fantasy and compare it to walking on thin ice, there is no comparison. But the idea of Urban up there singing Imagine with Nicole on backing vocals, oh. wearing a wearing a blindfold, holding up signs. That would rate, Dennis. That and, would really rate. And you'd, you'd have Justin Pascoe. You'd have Lenny Pascoe as well. You'd have all the Pascoes up there. You'd probably have you'd probably have Eric Groth and the big hitters. Uh, Eric Groth and the gurus, sorry, along with uh, the big hitters and uh, the Lee boy. Uh, you'd, Just, you'd, you'd, mean, you'd get them all up there. All the Pascoes. I mean, I mean, is there a Pascoe involved in this dark emu controversy at the moment? I'm not, I might be wrong <laughs> there. Probably is. <laughs> get him in there, Bruce. Get Bruce but, Pascoe in there as well. Forget it's a Pascathon. It's a passe idea to have former Olympic and Paralympic greats complete the final lap before the lighting of the torch. We did it beautifully in Sydney. You can't improve on it. We had Dawn, we had Raylene, we had Betty, we had Shirley Strickland. You couldn't better it. You had Elliot. What we need is a final lap of Pascos. Culminating, I think. I think Len is the right choice. Lenny Pasco. Lighting getting the it off Justin, getting it off Bruce. It's just and, a- I'm ass- <laughs> and I'm assuming because apparently it's out the back of a service station somewhere in Queensland. They will wheel out Matilda the kangaroo again from the 82 Commonwealth Games and they'll simply put the cauldron on Matilda's head and Pascoe will go out with an enormous big lighter rather than the traditional torch and set Matilda's crown on flame and then... And then Peter Vietes, who will be the head of the IOC by then and also president of Australia, in his dual capacity goes, I officially compare the Olympic and Rugby League Games open. Oh, wow. But, but, but there has been some controversy. I mentioned earlier that Australia and New Zealand have pulled out of the Rugby League World Cup. Yes, short term. This was announced first on the ABC, so obviously this is they're trying to bury it. So, it's, to so, it's, it. so in other words, it's fake news. So they're trying to you know, get it, just say no. We did, we did tell, tell everyone. We put on the we told the ABC. Everyone knows about it. Um, it's lefty propaganda. But, but if they've pulled out of that, the the English the rugby football league, well, they're not impressed, are they? No, no, no. They've had a bit to say. The Rugby uh, Football League has described the uh, the actions of the Australian and New Zealand Rugby Leagues as selfish, parochial uh-huh. and cowardly, which oh. to me is actually the official motto of the Australian <laughs> Rugby League Commission. We are <laughs> selfish, parochial <laughs> and cowardly. It's not just the ARLC. I think you'd put that for New South Wales Rugby League, Queensland Rugby League. They're no longer existing country. The problem that CRL had in New South Wales was they weren't sufficiently... Selfish, parochial, and cowardly. That's why they've been disbanded. 
I also love the contribution of the former state uh, politician, uh, Troy Grant, who's the International Rugby League chairman, Dennis. Yep. And, and he said, I think that the concept of someone agreeing to participate in something and then pulling out for their own commercial advantage and doing something in parallel, you can't do that, can you? Has he not heard of Super League? Has he exactly not heard what of Super Rupert- League was. Has he not heard of Rupert Murdoch? I mean, these Northern Hemisphere people... I mean, they sort of reinvented themselves by uh, absolutely killing the other code and making it as boring so nobody watches it. But they're really, really behind the pace as far as rugby league is concerned. It does It does make me wonder, is Troy Grant a relation of Johnny? Because Johnny didn't seem to have much clue what was going on either. Look, I think Troy Grant was a former state politician, so that probably says it all. From which state? Well, it wasn't it? Was he? Was he wasn't police minister here at some stage or something? Was he? I don't know. Sure. I'm, I'm really clutching at straws. I, I I don't want to get mm. on the internet because all my computers are being used for something well, right it's, now. It's interesting you mentioned you mentioned rugby there because rugby. There's been a long throwback that the Olympics haven't had rugby league because rugby has somehow they had votes in the Olympics and they've yeah, yeah. said never have this on. It's not even a sport. Like it didn't doesn't qualify as a sport. And this goes back to France, in Vichy France, where in the north, the um, the Vichy government, there was a lot of rugby people, because obviously rugby, they're all private school and they're all elite and, and, you know, privileged. And they said to the Nazis, oh, hey, this rugby league, this is some communist English game that's against the people. So we need to disband it so that it, it was made illegal. Rugby league was made illegal in Vichy, France. So it's no coincidence that rugby league now is in the south of France, which was the free France. It was, wasn't governed by the Vichy government. And they even went so far as to, they convinced the Vichy government to let the rugby union teams take over the rugby league clubs, literally take them over, take their grounds that they owned, take their clubhouses, take their kit, take their jerseys. They even took the jerseys from the league teams. That's how much they hate rugby league. And rugby league still in France is only just recovering from this 60-year-ago treachery That's of right. the unionists. I mean, after, after the loss of the Four Musketeers, the biggest uh, uh, feature in French rugby league has been Taz Bateri. And, oh, yes. And if you're saying, in short, that rugby union fans are Nazi sympathisers, I support you in that particular point of view. <laughs> Hard to argue against it. But it's not all bad news, Dennis. Because, not all bad news. Uh, in terms of the World Cup, it's not necessarily off. I mean, I believe that the UK government, hello to Boris Johnson. Uh, boy, that man's got a quote in him. 45 million pounds have gone into the tilt. And there's already been a groundswell of player movement. And I love player movement, Dennis, as you know, uh, mm. for particularly an Indigenous Australian team to enter a Maori New Zealand team. And uh, both those initiatives would have my support if they took place. But I've actually come up with an idea that the Uh World Cup, which we need to succeed, Dennis, if we're going to get rugby league in the Olympics by 2032, is there's already a bunch of local football players, very credentialed, who are putting their hands up. Now, the main reason the Australian and the New Zealanders are reluctant to go is because of the impact of the pandemic. They're concerned Mm. about player fatigue, more bubbles, health risks, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Plus, plus the fact that the UK just seems like a COVID playground at the moment. So what you need are people who probably are not scared of taking on those personal health risks, who are prepared to discount the validity of the concerns being shown by various governments and organising bodies such as the Australian and New Zealand Rugby League bodies, and uh, basically think that the whole thing is a hoax. So I propose that rather than a Maori or Indigenous team that goes to represent us in the World Cup, we put together a bunch of... COVID conspiracy theorists and anti-vaxxers, Dennis, and they're already queuing up. Can I run you through the names, please? Yeah, please. 
So at the march in Sydney on Saturday, Ben Roberts never right. quite got where he needed to, did he? The great Roy Asatasi. Mm. Chock Mundine, I think it's well known that Chock has uh, um, expressed, and we've covered it on the show previously, what his views are vis-a-vis the pandemic. And uh, Chock has said that COVID's a cover-up and a symptom of a 5G radiation fact. And uh, that finger was pointing, of course, at Raiders sponsor Huawei well and truly. Uh, Takiaho, who's now been announced as going to Super League, apparently. And I'm just wondering whether Robbo has said... See ya. Uh, this isn't really the rooster's way. He was encouraging people on his Instagram to attend the rally last Saturday. And then, of course, those favourites of all rugby league fans around the world, the Wintersteins. Mm. Frank and his wife, Taylor, who really leaves the vanguard. Now, they were seen at the march posting videos and photos to social media, uh, of course, not wearing masks. Taylor hugs strangers as she boasted to her 70,000 70, Instagram fans, Dennis, and they are tickets on seats or bums on seats at the World Cup. I got to run into so many people I know on the street, old friends, new friends, people I'd never met before, but I love to say hey and give everybody a hug. And if they're talking about faster, stronger, further together or whatever they're doing over at Tokyo, there's a motto for the 2021 Rugby League World Cup. Come and make old friends New friends, people you've never met before, and in the spirit of rugby league, and forget your COVID, just give them a hug. No mask included. So it was COCOR Takiahu, he was actually there. No, he couldn't be because he's up in the bubble, but he was, was encouraging say, people. Yeah. He, was enc- he was encouraging people to be there. When, yeah, when, when uh, Robbo went to him and said, perhaps this isn't the Roosters' way. Would you think that he opened the speech with um, CO? It's game day. Tomorrow's game day. <laughs> do you think he? Do you think he's still doing that? Well, well, I think CO's personal Everest is uh, proving that COVID it ain't the real deal, and that uh, what he represents is the world, Dennis. Well, if there's rugby league teams from around the world and a single team that's from around the world, there's only one song we can play.
It's time for the latest instalment of the life and times of Gus Gould. And I remember very, very early in my days at, at, at back at Penrith and talking to them about salary caps and salary cap management and saying, I gave the board an example. I said, there's, there's the top 25 players at the Roosters. They've just won the comp. What would it cost me to bring those 25 players here to play with Penrith? And we were talking about salary cap models. And I said, I said, well, there's the Roosters' top 25. It was a top 25 at the time. Write down what you think it would cost me to buy all 25 players and get them to move to Penrith. I think the salary cap at the time was around about $6 million. Right. And I think, I think the Roosters, I think the salary cap around the time was about $6.7 million, but they valued them at about $12 billion. And I think they valued them at about 11 or $12 million. <laughs> <laughs> it was about as close as they got. <laughs> and that was the latest instalment of the life and times of Gus Gould. Yeah, Gus is certainly fired up. No, do you agree with him? I agree with Gus. and he's, it, it seems like he's been to the Benny Elias School of Maths with some of the numbers there, but he's even more so, he's been to the Uncle Arthur School of repeating the same story over and over again. We've heard this a few times now, Chris. Can you be sued for plagiarising yourself, Dennis? Well, I understand that with exams you can. If you're writing an exam in first year university, as a, a friend of my son's at Macquarie did, you can get done for plagiarising yourself if you've written a similar paper in year 12. Um, I think he actually got failed for that unit. So in an academic sense, and obviously when you're talking rugby league commentary and rugby league stories and, and six to go, six tackles with Gus, you are talking high academia. So he's held to that high standard. I believe he, he quite possibly could. My favourite plagiarism joke of all time, by the way, was in Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield. I get no respect, no <laughs> respect. Where, uh, and I think it, oh gosh, it might have been uh, the woman who played Hot Lips in the movie version of MASH, whose name is slightly escaping me, Sally Kellerman, I think. And uh, she was a university marker and she was marking Rodney's paper on Kurt Vonnegut. And she goes, this is the worst analysis of Vonnegut I've ever, writ- ever read and failed him. And then the next scene is... Um, <laughs> Rodney begrudgingly playing Kurt Vonnegut saying she didn't really like your work. (laughs) (laughs) Sirens of Titan is a great book. But look, I mean, can you imagine Gus being perhaps called or raked over the hot coals by his employer in the future and on the stand about being shown to have plagiarized himself? And we go, Mr. Gould, we'd like to pay you the tape from episode 72 and then, and now from 135. And you're rendering full invoices for services delivered. And I put it to you, Mr. Gould, there should be a discount built in because you're going over the same material again and again in your podcast and not delivering full value to your employer. I think it's an issue. Well, let's let's get on to his issue of what he's delivering to his employer, Channel 9, a little later. But let's go now to something we raised here that we highlighted. We've discussed a lot about arousal and arousal and... and <clears throat> I got a bit aroused with Sammy Williams earlier, and I probably will again tonight. But Gell pointed out that young men in a lockup have physiological needs, and if they get aroused, they need some mechanism by which to relieve that physiology. And Apikoroyasau, repeat philanderer Apikoroyasau, he, um, boy, didn't he find a way? Is that your ABC training coming through? Is that is that now the accepted... Uh pronunciation of Coruscant? Is it Coruscant? Oh, no, that's the old one. It's right. actually, I get it 
get it confused because it reminds you of Carasau. And there's a, a beautiful bird from the, the Amazon called the Razorbill Carasau. And it's right. such a... Carasau! He's such a, a, an evocative sound, so I often call him Appy Carasau, which obviously is completely wrong, completely different culture, completely different spelling, and I apologise. That's all right. The, the Appy issue throws up a couple of things for everybody, Dennis. Now, the, generally, the rugby league cognition is up in arms about him threatening the future of the game and, you know, think about how lucky they are to be in jobs, etc., etc. They could be digging ditches, <laughs> as we said before. But look, first of all, we were happy with the New South Wales Blues 2-1 to one victory over the Queensland Maroons in the State of Origin <laughs> series, but we were slightly yes. begrudging of the fact that Queensland had beat us on the scandal situation with the Jai Arrow adult dancer. Yep. I mean, dancer is an adult, I should hasten to clarify. And um, now, of course, Appy has brought to light that, in fact, we've beaten Queensland in the Origin scandal because he was able to bring in an unregistered guest on two separate occasions, Dennis. Two to one in New South Wales. And Appy said, and he owned it, he said, had I not seen the Jairo thing, I would have gone for a third time and it would have been a whitewash to the Blues. So we were that (laughs) quote to a whitewash on and off the field. But Appy was, you know, I guess in the end, forced to apologise, Dennis. And this is the other issue that's come to light. Now, Terry Bull, a fantastic contributor to this show and more and more involved in our Facebook group uh, Blowing Up Deluxe. By the way, we're really encouraging everybody to join that group. You've got to be asked to be admitted and we are admitting everyone, Dennis. In the last Mm -hmm. 15 minutes, I've admitted Frank and Tyler Winnerstein, Chuck Mundine. Uh, I've got a message pending waiting here from uh, Sia Takiyaha and we're reviewing Ben Roberts and Asatazi's application. So it's a broad church, Dennis. But you go on there and you'll see examples that Terry has put together of the pro forma fire-up official rugby league apology. And the trouble with the modern player is that they're too broad-reaching and they're not capturing everything, Dennis. So when Appy apologised, he goes, I made the choice to do the wrong thing and my actions have brought shame and embarrassment to many people, especially my wife and children. I will Mm. be forever sorry, which is a terrific motto. Now, Oh, yeah. If you go to Terry's pro forma, he'll set out the actions. He said they could be irresponsible, inexplicable, unnecessary, disrespectful, offensive, embarrassing, thoughtless. So you can choose from just Is shame and embarrassment. Yeah, you can just you can you can have well stupid, and you don't get to choose. That's just that's just automatic. Right. And then you you describe the issue, and then you cover a range of things you need to apologise to your country, your state, your family, your team, your coach, your community. Sponsors, fans, teammates. It goes on and on and on, Dennis. And this is terrific work that Terry's doing. And it's something that the Rugby League officially should take notice to because it'll bring efficiency to the process and make sure that no one feels left out in the cold because there's nothing worse than when you feel like you were owed an apology and not getting one. Though I say, Appy, you really don't have to apologise for anything because you won us two to one in the scandal battle of origin 2021. I salute you. And the fact that it came out, that was, that was a marvellous thing. And I'm sure his wife uh, appreciated the apology. And what was her line about teaching him? Yeah, you know, yeah, I, mean, I think his wife's been a beacon of understanding in what must be a really difficult time. And we don't want to make light of those circumstances. But I think she said that uh, uh, I'll certainly be uh, uh, delivering a few lessons to Appy. And, uh, and Appy, I think you need to get those lessons and you need to get on to blowing up the lux. Fill in that form if you want any hope of Coach Freddie Fittler ever reconsidering your role in the New South Wales Blues starting 13 or off the bench. Fact. So he's had, he's had a, a, his controversy was not just bubble breaking, but also a little bit of uh, extramarital 
business going on. And oh, I don't think believe- I don't think the rugby league cares about the extramarital business at all, oh. Dennis. It's just oh. the breaking of the bubble. The bubble the is what's important. Well, I think there's proof in your pudding in the fact that there were two lovely young couples who were planning to commence their wedded bliss with ceremonies at the Twin Waters Maroochydore. And what did the rugby league do to them, Chris? Bump them, Dennis. Bump them. They were pushed, pushed aside as the rugby league caravan came rolling in, dogs barking Alan Jones style in the back. (laughs) <laughs> and um, this was at the Novotel Twin Waters Resort at Maroochydore, Dennis. Now, listen, I've been there, Dennis. I went to a tax conference back in 2005. <laughs> First of all, oh boy, those people can party. That's the first tax thing. conference. I'll yeah. bet they were. How many adult dancers were there? Well, let's just say I was involved in a matter involving unregistered guests, plural, if you know right. what I mean. And I Goodness. also, I was also, uh, I think at one point, made the quip that the gap in the legislation was as large as the one that Brett Hodson ran through in Friday night semi-final in the North Queensland Cowboys en route to the Tigers scoring 50-odd points on their way to what became the ultimate grand final victory against the Cowboys to the tune of 30-16, to 16, Dennis. And the head is, of the- is, it now, is that a matter of record? Yeah, it's a matter of is record. A- <laughs> and, and, and the head of the Corporate Taxation Association, who was from Victoria, told me to shut up. And... Um, <laughs> The Twin Waters Maroochydore is just like, it's party central and it's a place where I aspire all my family milestones to occur, Dennis. And I really, really feel for those couples because it's well documented the travails being experienced, particularly by the families and Jimmy the Jet in their 14-day lockup. We've seen the photos of the food and the soggy cardboard boxes. And if there's one legacy of COVID, Dennis. It'll be soggy cardboard boxes from takeaway cafes, let me tell you. Mm. And um, we accept that they're suffering. We've talked about the gaffer tape. Lord knows what that's doing. Um, okay, but- I'm going I'm to have to pick, pick, pick up on that because we, we did discuss earlier about the, the gaffer tape and the drones yes. and Anastasia and Volandis have got the drones from Tokyo and those are the very drones that are patrolling the corridors and the windows to check the gaffer taping and to check the families. Can I just say, and I'm sorry if I'm getting aroused, it's not fucking gaffer tape! It's not <laughs> gaffer tape! Gaffer tape is a branded, it's Nashua gaffer tape, and it has, it, you require a certain number of threads per inch to call it gaffer tape. No self respecting gaffer is going to use that crap that's got like three threads per inch. The stuff falls apart. I can't believe that the Rugby League, the Rugby League, a multi billion dollar organisation that is a fabric of this society, that people can't live without, that it's not Australia without it, and they can't afford actual gaffer tape, and they're getting this shitty silver plastic stuff that you could just take off. Like, you could just take it off. It's it's, it's nothing. Get well, some decent gaffer tape and get some gaffers to gaff it up from the outside, and they're not going to open those doors. You're not going to well, need drones. Well, Jimmy the Jet's certainly proving it open up. So you've just corrected us on the incorrect use of uh, gaffer tape. Am I right, Dennis? Yeah, it's, it's just uh, tape. It's are you, just tape. Are you in a relationship or have you ever been in a relationship? I'm just I'm just genuinely curious. The only good thing that, that has come out of lockdown and all this like disinfecting you have to do uh, as, as, as a technician is that we've discovered that alcohol spray, so 60% plus alcohol spray, actually dissolves gaffer tape residue. Wow. It's a breakthrough. It's such a... So there are microphones and cables that anal people have been cleaning at the ABC because they've discovered that they can get that sticky muck off with alcohol. But no, it's not gaffer tape. It, just call it tape. 
The uh, fact that the alcohol spray is sixty percent means it's a short route to a wild night on a Saturday when you're locked up. Um, oh, they love it. They love. They love that at Twin Waters Maroochydore. I, I, I tell <laughs> you, spray out. Well, you, you got to feel for these 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 two young couples, Dennis. And I assume that the rugby league's paying due compensation. It'll be something like. Uh, double passes to the well not the opening of the olympics in the stadium they'll be in the public plaza outside with the big screen but they'll get a couple of deck chairs and maybe a bucket of kfc for their sacrifice and there are all sorts of fantastic all sorts of odd player behavior occurring dennis no more odd than the the newcastle knights were seen hauling in poker sets cards chips tables along with the usual weights exercise equipment and protein powders and unfortunately, the uh, highest salary players, the likes of your Clemmers and your Pierces, have been cleaning up. And this has led to disharmony that's been very clear on the field. So the pandemic is biting in so many ways. And uh, bubble life, it's not for me, Dennis. It's certainly not for me. Well, the, there has been a complaint this morning with, uh, with oh, I, I said I was going to mention him again, Sam Williams. Hi, Sam. Um, that apparently Jordan Rapiner is walking around and anyone he bumps into, hey, did you see the tackle? Hey, hey, did you see my tackle? Hey, 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 did you see my tackle? Hey, hey. And going on, he will not stop about it. That that would. You know what? If I was there, I'd be going, tell me about it. Tell me about it again. Tell me about it again, Raps. What'd you do, Raps? Raps, what'd you do? Tell me about the tackle. Raps, tell me about the tackle. I'm telling you, you're jumping ahead again, Dennis. But uh, perhaps to close on bubble life and what rugby league needs to remember is, again, the horseman's had something to say, Dennis. He said, we are guests in another state, and as guests, you should act accordingly and show respect. There was a situation where one mother was passing another mother some milk, which I don't think is a serious breach, but they've got the message. Um, I think it was sugar. <laughs> and there's a couple of images that come to mind there. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to get into that territory. It's murky, Dennis. I think just everyone should stick to their levels and stick to their tape doors, gaffer or otherwise. Blood, sex, sugar, magic. Is that what it was? It was mother's, no, Mother's Milk was the first album by the Chili Peppers, wasn't it? I'm not a Chili Peppers was there, is that what they're I, passing between each other? I, I've got, like, like no disrespect to the Chili Peppers. I respect what they achieve. They're not my type of band. But my friend, John Roby, who doesn't listen to this show, even though he's one of my best mates, uh, runs a homeware shop in Bondi. And a guy walked in once and they started chatting bas- basketball. Turned out the guy was a Lakers fan, dot, dot, dot. And at one point, JR, John Roby, said to him, you know, you could win an Anthony Kiedis lookalike contest. And he goes, <laughs> that's because I am Anthony Kiedis. <laughs> LA Lakers, fast break makers, kings of the court, shake and bake, all takers. But let's move on. We've, we've, the, we've given the horseman the final word on bubble life. And the, when the final word's been given to the horseman, it's done. Let's move on instead to round 19. Now, round 19, what a tremendous round of rugby league it was. Uh, obviously not for some people here, but Redfern Pat, I believe they had a bit of a win. Well, they had a bit of a training run, so to speak. There's yes. some witches' hats put out by the... Uh, I don't even remember if they played. I watched that game. Might have been the Warriors, I think. Might have been the Warriors, yeah. Yeah, the Warriors. Warriors and RTS. Worst 60-point win in the history of football. The first by the... Isn't that astonishing? It's their first... They've they had have. 60 they also losses, beat, uh, I believe, a team called the Roosters last year by 60 yes. points. Oh, there you go. I can walk you, yeah, I can walk you through that game if you want. Do you have the T-shirt, Pat? You should. Oh, yeah, let's get the, yeah, we'll get the T-shirt. Let's get the T-shirt. I'll have one. I'll, I'll happily <laughs> no, wear one. No, they didn't release them, did they? Uh, they did. They released them with the score. Oh, yeah. And I'd happily wear one next time they open up the old girl and you can go sit and watch a Roosters game. I'll happily wear one in amongst all my Roosters mates. I would love it. Well, it's nearly, yeah. Well, by the time this poster, it's going to be about 60 to 8. <laughs> <laughs> well, the... 
I mentioned in the opening that the, the crackdown has become a backdown, and Felix has been saying that he's uh, he's changed, he's pulled the levers, is what Felix has said. And this, of course, made um, Kenty blow up, saying, this is so rugby league. Why can't they just fix something? Why do they have to overcorrect and then recorrect? Why can't they just fix it? But that's what rugby league does. Um, but there were some obstruction calls in a couple of tries in the North Queensland Storms game. Yeah. And how did, How did Gus go with those? So, Dennis, you mentioned Felix pulling levers, like what he's like as the Reserve Bank now or something like that. But... The obstruction calls, which in the view of the expert commentators had no impact on the scoring of the tries and common sense should have prevailed. And we got into classic Gus territory. He goes, don't talk to me about this. I'll get angry after the first obstruction call. By the time the second one came around, Gus was really rolling. And here's the audio of how Gus was feeling after another botched obstruction call. That wasn't a bit nice. You have made me very angry. Very angry indeed. So Gus is clearly fired up. And again, the voice of reason about needing to get this sorted out, Dennis. We go to the voice of reason, and that, of course, is your assistant coach, Michael Dennis the Menace Ennis. And he had this to say about the bunker and the referees. He goes, you've got to be better. We're coming to a critical point of the season where that matters. That could be a premiership right there. Now, that blew my mind, Dennis, to hear in a discussion about making a call and a controversial call and how the rules should be interpreted. The idea that that call could be made in a premiership and cost a team a premiership had never occurred. Oh, hang on. There was 2019 and Cummins in the six again, wasn't it? Yeah, but that was... That was a little bit different. That was a, like, Camo, love Camo. Camo made a mistake and he corrected it and, you know. Yep. But the honestly. The Raiders lost that game. The but Raiders honestly, lost that game. Wonderful insight to think oh, could, have cost, could cost a grand final. It just, it really brings it home, Dennis, in a way that I'd never thought of before. Yeah, because it, it is a piece of insight. It's an amazing piece of insight. Now, there was some sin binnings um, on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flegler I mean- and... Thompson, what do you think of those? Flegler in the Broncos-Panthers game, send off every day of the week, then depending mm-hmm. on which angle you get, got 10 minutes in the bin. Luke Thompson, incidental content, penalty at best, maybe on report, 10 minutes in the bin. So the bunker was able to get both calls wrong by putting people for 10 minutes into the sim bin. That is the genius of that joint. And let me tell you, KFC sponsorship of the bunker must be, they must be seriously considering it because they're associating themselves with a product that, can I simply say, is on the nose. Well, if you've seen the queues outside Askwith KFC from about 5 o'clock in the afternoon, if people queuing up to get their dinner there, I think they probably don't need the sponsorship because people are just turning up to get chicken anyway. Quite right. I mean, they sponsor everything, Dennis. They're sponsoring Beauty and the Geek, and I'm sorry to bring it up, Redfern, Pat, but they had a... Oh, Pat. They had a circus theme last night with a van dispensing free KFC, and it just absolutely works, Dennis. I am dying for a dinner box with a couple of extra pieces simply <laughs> by the imagery. I mean, uh, I, I, I saw my GP the other day online, t- telehealth, and he said, your cholesterol is up by six points. What's going on? He said, I'm watching eight games of rugby league a week. <laughs> And I'm seeing it's so many images. It's I'm, not subliminal. And, and I said, I'm not actually ordering this stuff and eating it. It's just looking at it is putting my <laughs> cholesterol through the roof. 
What well, about your game, Dennis? To, what about your let's game? Let's move on to the next game. The next game. Well, this is actually the first game of the week. The Thursday night. The it's game. The only game, game, Dennis. The, the only game, game I want to talk about. Ball. The game that showed that you can still have a tough game without high shots. The game that showed that you can still belt flat track bullies on a bouncy wicket. And wasn't it a beautiful thing? And the, the main thing that the Raiders have been lacking. You know, Ricky couldn't put his hand on it. No one could touch it. No one could work out what the problem was. But thankfully, we have commentators and they could work out what it was. And the resilience, both from Parramatta and the Raiders on their own goal line. There's been some brilliant resilience and defence on their goal line. It's an enthralling contest. Yeah, I was just about to say, Salty, that this is a great game of football. It's great to see two football sides showing a bit of resilience in defence. I tell you what I'm noticing tonight, and it's been Canberra that have driven it. Resilience. Goal line defence. I mean, effort. So there you hear the voice of Andrew Voss, Michael Ennis, and a couple of others saying resilient. And that was all that was missing. Resilience, which is obviously what the Tigers are all about, Chris. Look, I'm on record about this, Dennis, and I simply want to turn to the successful coach of Kayleigh McKeon who won the 100 metres backstroke in the second fastest time in history yesterday at the Tokyo Olympics. He said... Uh, in relation to the McKean family, sadly, uh, she lost her father last year. They are a resilient family. I think right. we throw that word around a little bit lightly at times, resilience, but she's shown that in spades. And I think the Kaylee McKeon case about the resilience she shows in the tragic death of her father is an appropriate use of the term. And it's just been, as Chris Mooney quite rightly points out, it's just been devalued by the way it's tossed about in rugby league. I mean, Lara Pitt, and God knows we love Lara Pitt, fantastic guest on this show and um, doing brilliant work at a Fox League. But she described the Roosters coming back against Newcastle as showing their resilience. And it's Newcastle, for God's sake. I mean, I mean, we know the issues with the poker that's going on. Plus, it's Newcastle. There's not resilience. They're just better. Um, okay, I've got that off my course- chest. And this is the same Newcastle that's probably going to beat the Raiders 12-10 coming up this weekend and break my heart and ruin Well, if the they season. do, Dennis, you know why they'll beat you? More resilience. Because they're resilient. Yep. Now, I, of course, I was watching it on, on Fox and I watched yes. the, re- the replay on, on Fox twice because um, I IQ'd it and because I couldn't get enough of Sammy Williams. Um, but I didn't hear the Channel 9 commentary. How did the Channel 9 commentators take the game? I rolled the dice, Dennis, because I was watching, I think, Beauty and the Geek. Or no, something right. else. Whatever it was. And, and he didn't want to get up out of the comfy green chair and go across and change channels on the, on the No, so I, so I said, which which commentary will I tape? And I, I rolled the dice. I said, how's Channel 9 travelling? I think it's about the three quarters away through the game. I worked out it was Peter Pasoltis, as he likes to refer to himself. I grew up with the Saltis family in... Uh, in my local burger, but uh, he goes Peter Pasoldis. And he, to me, he sounds exactly like Matt Thompson. I can't tell them apart. But we had a Queensland-centric commentary team. We had Lockie, who was a shining light, to be honest, Billy Slater, Cameron Smith, and Jonathan Thurston. And, you know, people complain about Gus. They complain about Fatty. They complain about Joey and Freddie. But at least they give you something. They give you in league with Rabs a bit of a giggle, even Sturlo. But some of the work from... Uh, the Queensland title on Channel 9 and the Parramatta-Canberra game. Dennis was risible if we have a listen. Here's Josh Papali'i. And he's tackled there by Isaiah Papali'i. It's a Papali'i-a-thon. <laughs> what we call multiple Papali'i's. Papali'i'i's. <laughs> I, think, I think they're Papali'i. 
Papa lies. <laughs> I mean, that's a Fatty Vorton joke from 15 years ago, isn't it? Just whatever <laughs> repeats a thon. Now it's just part of the vernacular, like Falcon and other terms we were discussing previously. But they, they're telling it like it's occurred to them. Like it's like Billy's on, you know, he's he's opened the ark or something. Like you know, oh, it's just wow. It's it's just uh, amazing. And I think we might have one other example. <laughs> when was the last time a team was pushed off the ball in a scrum? Nineteen. <laughs> I think you're safe with you just said 19 something <laughs> they missed their chance and now Cronulla have held it into the scrub so Parramatta push good luck to them and Parramatta have got the ball with Gufferson just check the calendar is it 1972 and now the push there's the big play Williams puts it down congratulations to him look at this against the feet <laughs> There you go. Effectively against the feed. It's a push. Oh, there's a big push in the scrum here. They've got the ball back. They have it. They won the ball against the feed. So when are those from, Pat? When are those from? Uh, this year and last year. <laughs> right. Tremendous work by Redfern, Pat. I seem to remember them being pushing in the scrum in 2010 in a Roosters-Tigers semi-final as well. But again, the Channel 9 boys, the Queensland guy goes... Pushing in scrums, 19, whatever. And they, you, at least they believe it's funny. Uh, well, the I other think thing. Also, that- part of it is, part of it is they, they don't watch games on Fox. They still hate Super League. They still hate Rupert. And they're not allowed to watch the games on Fox. As I always say, Cameron Smith, after the treatment he got from Channel 9, how bad must his relationship be with Cooper for him to take a gig with Channel 9? <laughs> but uh, the other thing, as we highlighted uh, the last couple of weeks, Channel 9 is freshening up its coverage. And we saw that in that game, Dennis, where during the action they decided to cut down to sternum-depleted Jackie Boy Whiten for a mm. up-close Vox Pop during the game and seeing how he was and how he felt the game was going and how the rehab was going. Meanwhile, there was a captain challenge on the field. The entire captain's challenge transpired, including Perinara, whoever it was, up in the booth, pronouncing their verdict with Jackie being interviewed. You couldn't hear a word of it, Dennis. And it's absolutely Volandi's ball writ large. Distract the masses from anything by any means possible because we don't want them watching the game. Wow. Well, look, he is quite a distraction, Jackie boy, I've got to say. But, um, look, I I think we should have a break. And Last week... Chris, we were talking about brain snaps, and that that, like we had hundreds of brain snaps, and there was that the one that just it was so inspiring. I was I was moved to write a song about it. So here's a little song about the the brain snap at halftime in the Rabbitohs Bulldogs game. At halftime, it's the Bulldogs twelve, Souths ten. It's been a while since you've won. But Cody Walker got your head undone. If you catch a lead, you could stop your long losing run. <laughs> What's Lachlan what? Lewis doing? He wasn't looking at you. You chased him, tried to tell him what to do. And all he said was, Reserve Creed's better for you. Snap. It's ten in the sand, grateful day. 
like a it's like a wrestling. Your team was leading by two, but they were down to twelve because of you. The Rabbitohs put on eight points while you were gone. That kind of sealed your fate because you were in the city. Your Bulldogs ended losing it by eight. Harris giving away the penalty there for the late shit. I was being facetious, yeah. Being facetious? Yeah, it was just a joke. Fisher Harris giving away the penalty there for the late shit. Fair enough, I'm wrong again. <laughs> Fisher Harris giving away the penalty there for the late shit. That is the Andrew Arson remix of that intro, the, the Darren Britt remix. Um, based on some feedback he gave us through the week. Um, and there has been a bit of nice feedback coming through. I do really appreciate all that. Um, there is a little bit of work that goes through. So that being said, I will start with the lowest hanging fruit and are all 360. You've lost the plot, no, boy. Serious. And you did no, 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 no. You're, you're not an HIA. <laughs> you're embarrassing yourself. No, I'm you're not embarrassing yourself. You're embarrassing yourself. <laughs> I think that's that's them giving each other feedback on being television personalities. Very constructive. <laughs> both them both saying that they're uh, that they're embarrassing themselves, but you can see that they're trying to do like a duo thing of like you know edgy. You never know what they'll do next. You know, in the vein of of uh, Rex Mossop and 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 Ross Hollywood and Zorba, Ray Hadley's favourite commentary duo of Ray Hadley and, and Steve Roach. Sorry, Pat. I was just going to say, for those uh, old enough, i.e. me and Greg Cross at least, who listen to this show, it'd be interesting as to who what the rankings are on the controversy corner panel. So you had Rex Mossop, you had Alan Clarkson, you had uh, Ferris Ashton, Noel Kelly, Cole Pearce, uh, Peter Peters. It'd be very interesting to how people would rate those, and I'd be interested in it, and not many other people will, but at least I've asked. Ben Elias and Buzz Rothfield? Yeah, in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a new duo. They, they, they're a new one, so they didn't quite make it to Controversy Corner or even the 2020 reboot of Controversy Corner. Two butchers, a baker, and a very nervous lamb <laughs> on the bench for the Roosters tonight. You still got it, Warren. Still got it. Here is the baker, <laughs> Fletcher. <laughs> Plant here, oh, Josh King coming out, Fletcher Baker. Doesn't know if he's making croissants or knotted rolls at the moment after that particular tackle. But your four favourite players have played extra minutes off the bench. Butcher, Butcher, Lamb and the Baker. On the breeze, Drew Hutchison bending it like Beckham, kicking it like Croc. <laughs> you are on fire tonight, Warren Smith. I still love trying it out. One of the great shows when you retired, I can no longer say, forget, kick, forget bending it like Beckham, you can kick it like Cronk. Fletcher, Baker, Cabinet Maker, it's all had it all the night. So that's the new rugby league duo, wasn't Cronky. <laughs> wasn't that just so natural? <laughs> Boy, they can work a joke over and over and over, can't they? Yeah, and, and I hear that they're um, 
supporting you, Dennis, on the next Rugby League the Musical Tour, doing the warm-up. Well, look, I would love to get Cooper as part of the show. Um, there is actually a Cooper Cronk song in the works, and I'm very excited about it. So I, I need a few more. I need to hear a bit more of those works. Perhaps. We can listen to that again if you want, if you didn't get the bones of it. Not quite yet. I've, I've, they, they did repeat themselves over and over again. They're all professions, Dennis. That's the joke. Right. Anyway. He, oh, are they pointing out that Fletch is a profession as well? Mm, I don't think they mentioned that. They need no, to. No. So speaking about comedy, we had uh, one of yours, Dennis, Laurie Spina, who does the... Oh, yes. He's been doing grandstand up at Townsville Games for like well over 20 years, longer than I've... Since I've he was st- captain of the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, and we did have this in the press conference, and Dennis being the comedian, I was wondering if you could explain it for me. The boys seem to trust really well. Uh, if things get bad down there, I'll drive the tractors out of the shed and see if they can... They want to stay in the in the farm shed at home. I reckon that they would they would still adjust. Yeah, unbelievable. unbelievable. I reckon they love that, Laurie. <laughs> <laughs> they might even drive the tractors for you. Well, yeah, that, that's a bit dangerous. So well. That's a bit dangerous. Any ideas what's going on there? <laughs> that he's a protractor. That he loves I, tractors. I have no clue what he was saying there. And they they stopped the press conference for it. Craig got up <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 no. Laurie's got a question. And then it got cut off the coverage. I forgot to grab it live. But then he yells out as Craig Bellamy is leaving the room, I dated Walsh's, Chris, Christian Walsh's mum. Did I've, he actually yell it out or did someone it, else yell it to him? Oh, someone else so- yelled. Sorry, yeah, someone else yeah. yelled it out. Yeah. And I thought, I've been up to Townsville. I thought that was just Townsville banter, you know, like Shannon <laughs> Knoll style, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But no, as courtesy of your mob, it turns out that it's uh, it was a very legitimate um, conversation startup. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I did date your mum back in their school <laughs> days, and she's an incredible woman. And thanks for talking ABC Greenstand. Thanks, Laurie. Yeah, mum always bragging that she uh, had a few dates with Laurie, and uh, always putting shit on dad. So uh, great doing, great doing an interview with you. <laughs> <laughs> it, Christian Well sounding like, well, if that had happened and something more happened, I would never have played first grade. <laughs> <laughs> I would never have been here. Of course, Christian Walsh would be like, you know, I dated your mum, and he'd say, thank you. Thanks for showing, <laughs> thanks for showing her a good time. <laughs> <laughs> and putting shit on dad. That was beautiful. Yeah. And then we turn to my partner, which is the dear listener. I mentioned last yes. week that Stuart Marler, um had a... Um, I said there was something that I was going to get on, um, and I did. Too big, gets one of the smallest men on the field, one-on-one, and just burrows over from close range. He only has to go a couple of metres, he burrows over, that's how he plays. Grant goes to his left, again Brandon Smith burrowing and accelerating. And just burrowed in underneath. So he's got a problem with the physics of burrowing under. Because you're going over. He's got a problem with burrowing over. Over. So the last couple were okay. Yes. Because they said he burrows underneath. Yes. He burrowed. That's okay. The problem is burrowing over. Yes. A burrow is necessarily under. Yes. You don't have an above ground burrow. Yes. Well, actually, you do at the Rabbitohs game. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So are they saying, when they're saying he burrows over, are they saying they're feral and toothless and swearing and getting on the grog? But it's because it's burrowing over the line, but burrowing under the defense. Yes. Under the defense is okay. Yeah. But over the line is wrong. But but if you say burrow under, you could just assume 
by logic that it's burrowing over the try line. Stuart, why did you do this? Why did you bring this up? Well, no, no, you're burrowing under the defence. You're burrowing the subject and object, Pat. Yes. And the subject is the movement. The object is what you're going under. The line is not Listen, the object I've got of the burrowing. Link to a couple of geologists. So why don't I pursue it with them? <laughs> There's no object. Yeah, there is. No, because if He's you just borrowing. say borrowing under, the object could be the defense or the line. Well, I'm going to have a brain step if you don't ask me a question about Janet Jackson. Feedback, feedback. What's, what do you reckon Janet Jackson's biggest brain snap was? She, she uh, did a, a set dance formation in one of her tours and she tried to burrow over the dancers rather than under and it was just chaos. Janet was offered a role in the Wachowski brothers, as they then were, and now the Wachowski sisters, was. in the 1999 movie The Matrix. And she declined it because she went out on the Velvet Rope tour. And if you ever had a listen to Janet's The Velvet Rope, it's not one of her final works in my view. So, you know, opportunity passed. I don't know whether she was out for the Carrie Ann Moss role or quite possibly the Hugo Weaving role. So the Fire Up uh, faithful have, um, have given their biggest brain snaps. James Campbell mentioned the Brad Morin bite. Now, even I had to double double take on Brad Morin. I believe that was in a semifinal, maybe 2000. I don't know when it was. It was in the 2000s. For the Bulldogs. Uh, for the Bulldogs, yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, George O'Grady mentioned Danny Williams, who Chris likes talking about. I much prefer the hardworking Bulldogs and Roosters forward from, the, uh, from about five years later. I've told the Danny Williams story on this show, haven't I? Yeah, I actually heard a different take on it during the week. I forget if it was on the show or not. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, Ian, Jessup, Ian Jessup mentioned Terry Lamb's field goal. Um, whether that was a brain snap or he won on the punt, I'm not too sure. Stuart, well, that's of course kicking a, a field goal when they were uh, two points down at Belmore Oval um, to make them lose by one. Uh, I'm thinking that was against Stuart, the Knights too. This is Terry Lamb. Ooh. Yeah. Yep. yep. Or at least he got it because he did. He did make that point many times when Greg Inglis oh, tried to kick the field goal and missed. We'll get that. We'll get oh, there. Sorry. We'll get there. I'm jumping ahead. Stuart Marler won't be getting any more contributions on the show because he said Matt Dunning kicking a field goal, whatever <laughs> those words mean. No idea. Hieroglyphics. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Adams said Jamie Ains going ninety nine. Um, we also had Ronson Blake said. Um, Mundine in 99 well, and Tim Pittman said following following St. George which is it's good for him that they don't exist anymore <laughs> well 99 of course the, the grand final with OS St. George Illawarra is the merged entity and that's, that's a terrific puzzle isn't it prioritise these three brain snaps Mundine knocking the ball on over the line up 14-0 Craig Smith being yeah. taken out by Ainsco to result in an 8 Point try, or is it a penalty try? I should say, and or following St George. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess the St George one is is doesn't apply because they didn't play in that game. Of course, indeed, the the new entity St George of the War played. Uh, Russell Danting said Ray Price standing in front of the post for a penalty kick, no. waiting to get the no, disagree. The Russell back. praying man is genius. Uh, then we get into the big ticket items. We have the Paul Carriage, his famous mm. game in a semi-final for the Eels against the Bulldogs. Ooh. Hey, boys. Yeah. Um, I was there. Oh, of course you were. Yeah, so we had Aaron Vella, Tim Peters, Jessica Bell, and Dave Ray, who is a uh, friend of the show. I wish him all the best if he's listening. 
We had a series of nominations for Greg Inglis and, of course, mentioning the foresight of the um, two-point yep. field goal. Um, I don't believe it was 40 metres out, though. Might as well have been. He missed. It, it was wet. Chuck Blade mentioned cruises on the roof. It was very wet that day. Oh, the cruises on the roof. Yeah. Uh, then we had uh, RJ Pinko simulating coitus on a dog. I think any any dog-related things. <laughs> well, well only, you've got Mitchell Pierce. There's been two. You've got... You've got a Canberra-related incident, don't Monaghan. you, Dennis? Was it, was it necessarily coitus? Yeah. It was a related activity Felicia. with an unregistered with an, uh, with an unregistered guest? Well, it's not sexual relations, according to, we've mentioned this before, that a certain former president of the USA. I did not have sexual <laughs> relations. Yep. Archie Coe talk about Trent Barrett getting slapped by Nathan Brown. Um, <laughs> so hang on, is he, say, is he saying that Trent Barrett had the brain snap letting it happen or that Nathan Brown had the brain snap doing I, it? I believe it was Nathan Brown doing it, but Trent Barrett also dropped the ball over the line earlier that game against the Raiders, Yeah, he, I he did that a couple of times and they were it was yeah. beautiful. They were un- That was the start of the hoodoo where he untouched, oh. untouched, he just dropped it over the line. And the look on yeah. his face as it tumbled from his hands, he was tumbling for it. <laughs> we have getting to the uh, the point here now. The big palm talking about Vunavalu uh, fly kicking the Roosters' defence uh, on on a kick return. He said he was there. So oh, really? We have yeah. So we have Chris talking a lot about being at events, Kathy Freeman, um, things like that. Everything that ever happened. Were you at Vunavalu karate kicking Roosters' kick chase? Yeah, I, I will remember that fondly and, and a big <laughs> shout out to the big palm don't argue who uh, who requested me to uh, keep doing my Volandis voice which a lot of people requested me to stop doing it but yeah no that's 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 a great one to be at and by the way um Titmus is 400 meters last day I was at that as well actually of course you were uh, yeah, were you the coach <laughs> <laughs> that, that, was, that was that was me well boxall and you, you you referred this in your opening monologue, Dennis. Uh, Dean Boxall, who was clearly having sexual relations with that Perspex fence. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and terrific uh, shout out to the, the Japanese attendant there who originally said, uh, no, you, and she just let him do it. Uh, he referenced the fact that he's aspiring to be a coach like uh, he sees himself as a Bellamy heading towards a Bennett, correct? Well, no, he said his coach... His coach was like Bennett. Yeah, and he's like Bellier. And right? he's like Bellamy, that he gets a little bit aroused and uh, tends and, to act out. And everyone thought he was getting excited about Ariane's fantastic victory over Katie Ledecky, whereas, in fact, he just learned of Volandis's intentions to bring rugby league to the, 1930, uh, to the, 1932, the 2032 Olympic Games because all the sports of all the codes around the world the ultimate challenge for a coach, the ultimate place to be is to be a rugby league coach. And Boxall's thinking, how good is this? I could get to do what Bellamy does or Bennett does in the 2032 Olympic Games. No wonder he was aroused. Well, it is the ultimate challenge because if you're coaching women, what I've noticed is from, from coaching rugby league in children's, the girls actually listen and execute. The boys are off with the fairies. The boys don't yeah, listen. Yeah, so imagine by his daughter style. Exactly. So you, you imagine <laughs> if you're used to coaching women who listen and execute what you say, and then suddenly you've got a bunch of, you don't know, are they boys? Are they men? Are they in transition? How do you coach that? What a challenge. Of course he wants to do it. And just circling back to the poor carriage brain snap, uh, 
Rugby League Week gave him. What do you think his score in the old Rugby League um, player ratings out of ten was? That Zero. Day? Three. Six. You got a Ooh. six. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, my favorite um, brain snap, and I'll and I'll ask you too, um, is I like Corey Horsburgh losing his mind last year at just the most innocuous tackle by Ryan Madison, not a noted hard man. He tweaks his calf and he just completely loses his mind. I've never seen anything like it. No, again, factually incorrect. He had a Lindfrank injury. He was out for a year. <laughs> he buggered his foot and he didn't play for another year and he knew okay. it. And he was pissed because Corey, he's a fiery, fiery young man. He gets very aroused and he can only unleash that arousal on the rugby league field. And he was sitting there going, how am I going to survive a year without being able to unleash this arousal? That was, that was what he was fired up about. And then there was Vince Sorrenti going, yeah, cry baby. That's where he got the fingers out, the single finger salute. That's when he started flipping the bird at Vince Sorrenti. Well, that's that's my favourite. I don't know if you if either of you have. I think I don't know. If, I don't know if you call this a brain snap. My the one that I'm calling it a brain snap. The one there's, oh, no, there's another one. I don't know if it, it certainly right. breaks my heart. It's 2000 and I don't know what year because I've I've tried to black it out. Jason Bulgarelli, untouched over the try line gets one of the simplest passes, and all he has to do is catch it and put it down. The Raiders are into the grand final. Instead, 2003. he drops it. 2003 against the Panthers. Yeah. And the Panthers then go yeah. on to beat the Roosters in the grand final. Yeah. And the that, busted Roosters. And that, oh, that, that drop, that's still, there's still on the Raiders fan forum, the greenhouse, the, <laughs> the worst player of the year gets the Boogs of the year award, the Booger of what the year. What about Edric? How's it compared to Edric against Melbourne? So he wasn't over the line. He still had work to do when he dropped okay. both okay. of those boys. <laughs> uh, for mine, it's David Smith giving a press conference as the newly appointed CEO of the NRL before he'd actually watched a rugby league game. <laughs> <laughs> David Speaking of fiery redheads, he's got to be the least fiery redhead this ever been. And obviously, yourself, Chris, you've, you've shaved the red locks off, but I'm sure they'll grow back and they'll be fully strawberry again. <laughs> pretty soon mm. but mm, absolutely david is uh, maybe david's not a natural redhead like you mm. yes exactly <laughs> yeah i don't know what to make of that because trent robertson blows up deluxe as adam <laughs> o'brien blows up deluxe i've got to be honest with you i have loved every minute every minute uh, including when you blew up deluxe uh i'll just do a quick roundup of our group of course <laughs> Blowing up Deluxe. I'll chuck a link in the description um, if anyone wants to join. Um, and this is the kind of banter you're going to get. Andrew Arson asking, if we've got Media Watch, who's our Paul Murray? Who's our antagonist? And I would suggest it's James Hooper because he's the one with the courage to take on the PC Brigade, the Snowflakes, <laughs> the Keyboard Warriors. Yeah. Oh. He's not afraid to offend people or step on a few toes. Break some eggs to make some cakes, etc. Yeah. Thank you, James Hooper. Yeah. We also got a photo of Josh Adokar saluting Sydney on his, um, on his wristband last weekend. And, of course, that is a tribute to his uh, former club, the Sydney Tigers. <laughs> or, the, or the team he went for as a kid, the Sydney Bulldogs. <laughs> Sorry, this future club, the Sydney Bulldogs, or perhaps giving uh, due uh, credit to his uh, arch nemesis, the Sydney Roosters. Yeah. 
Uh, we also got, we need to thank Daniel Michael, who was the one who brought up Gal Theory, that um, the, the, the rugby league boys are going to get into trouble um, with their libido. <laughs> Daniel also uh, wanted to know about the drones, and I think we've answered that question. And we also have on their haircut watch. So we've seen Gus has had a haircut. We don't know where that's mm-hmm. coming from. A couple of the South boys, Jackson Polo and, and Damien Cook, they've got pretty nice fades. Um, when Corey, uh, when Jai Arrow looks like he's, uh, he's been run over with a lawnmower and two other blokes in the side have fades, I don't think there's a hairdresser in the team. Uh, Terry Ball pointed out that mm-hmm. the Broncos coaching staff have very well-kept hair. So that's Kevin Walters. And I think Peter Gentles is the assistant coach there. And then finally for me, Terry Ball pointed out that maybe the gaffer tape security met so the, the gaffer tape security system could have helped out with his origin, um, with the gal theory in origin. Yeah, because three pieces of fake yeah. gaffer tape are really going to hold back an aroused rugby league well, player, could- an aroused appy. <laughs> Peter Gentles with the Dragons now. Oh, Peter, uh, the Broncos assistant coach. Yeah, Peter's with... Yeah, Peter Jennings with uh, uh, Matthew Elliott, oh, Hook, yes, the, yeah. Griffin, and Stephen Ferris. The party boys. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, that takes us then to Chris's kooky correspondence corner. Have you got any for us, Chris? I do this week, Dennis, and I'll keep it uh, brief and to the point. Uh, beyond what I've already mentioned, uh, JR The Beat, which is my mate John Roby, has uh, said to you, Dennis, get over the 2019 grand final. It's over. It wasn't the call that cost you the game. And I think you agree with him. Uh, Terry Bull, as we said, very much involved. I, th- I think, can I, can I point out, I think he needs to get over it because Roosters fans have more of a chip on their shoulder about the fact that they don't get enough credit for that win. <laughs> that they, Everyone should be worshipping the Roosters and no one should be talking about anything other than how glorious the Roosters are. Tomorrow is game day, Roosters way, front door footy, etc., etc. Instead, they're talking about distractions. What about the new one, the next man up policy? Dennis, yeah. <laughs> if you were running a football club, do you think you'd have a next man up policy or like something different? No, I'd, I'd, I'd eyes up, front door, next man up, the lot. I'd have a next boys to men up policy. I'll come to the roosters in a moment, yes. of course. Uh, Terry Ball uh, says the question is: Is the hip the shoulder of your leg in reference to the Rapinar tackle? And he wanted to. <laughs> he, he, he wanted to know whether Rapinar cocked his leg or wrapped it around Sevo. What a moment it was! Now, Frank, uh, whose handle is at Siri A underscore Australia, it's clear M. Ennis took offence to your updated Gus Gould song, Dennis. His use of the word brilliant tonight has been off the charts, or rather brilliant. Also, dare I ask, should Ennis oh, yeah. be allowed to commentate Raiders games? <laughs> well, as long as he's not giving you three, two, and one. And my little gift that uh, is a gift that we'll keep on giving to this particular audience, and we thank you for your attention over what's been yet another bumper episode, is a new reason to hate the Sydney Roosters. And Dennis, this this oh. one is designed for you. One of the, if not their last try against the Newcastle Knights, the poker playing boys from the Hunter Valley, uh, with their victory up in the bubble last weekend uh, for the worthy men of league five grand a kick into the kick per celebration, post-try celebration. Yeah, they yeah. lined up and James Tedesco skittled them like 10 pins with a rugby league ball. Now that is taking whose thunder, Dennis? 
That is direct plagiarism from Super Mac Mark McClendon bowling the ball. And I believe it was against the Roosters, and the Roosters actually tried to stop the ball. There was a Roosters player oh, who died Tahu, to try and stop it? the celebration Was it Tamanatahu? He might have tried to stop the ball, I think. It might so have been, might have been yes. the Knights. Maybe it was and, the Knights. And can I say, Gus Gould used to be the director of operations at the Roosters. Plagiarism yet again. Is Robbo plagiarising his way to premierships? I leave you with that thought under the segment. A new reason to hate the Sydney Roosters. Well, what a tremendous segment it was, and it probably needs its own little sting. But I think we've been going for a couple of hours here, and we should let the listeners go. Thank you for listening. Now, do please sign up to Blowing Up Deluxe on Facebook. As Chris said, anyone's allowed in. Uh, follow us at Fire Up NRL. And Please subscribe to the podcast. Give us a review. We'd love a review. Nothing would be better than finding a review. No matter how many stars are on it, we'd love to read some reviews and take some constructive criticism. Because let's face it, we're men. We can take it. We're not bo- Well, maybe we are boys. So, boys, I'd like to thank you, men, for, <laughs> for today. Thank you, Red Friend Pat. Thank you, Chris. We'll be back even more fired up next week. That's bad. <laughs> 